This program is made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries. My name is Denise Renner, and I want to welcome you to my program. You know, it's such an honor and a privilege to be able to come right to you and share the Word of God. The Word of God is so powerful, and in these times that we're living, we need the stability of the Word of God. The Word of God is an anchor to our soul, and the Bible says that it's a light unto our path, that it shines on the path and in the path of darkness, and the Word of God comes, and it makes light where there's darkness. That's the power of the word of God. And I am so thankful to be sharing that with you. If you need prayer, please let us know how we can pray for you because we're here to pray for you. We can't join hands, but we can join hearts. We can read your email. We can talk to you on the telephone. So please contact us so we can pray with you. And if God is doing something special in your heart or in your life, in your body, please let us know because the miracle working power of God is alive on the earth today. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when Jesus was on the earth the Bible says he healed them all. It's the will of the Father to bring healing to your body, to bring miracles into your body. So please, if God is touching you in any way, please let us know. We want to rejoice with you. Now, we've been talking about beauty and Oh, the Bible is filled with beauty treatments. You say beauty treatments. Well, that's true because the Bible says that when you read the Bible, that it's health and strength to your body. And if you've ever seen somebody who's really healthy, if there's a beauty about that. And so I want you to go with me to, uh, chapter four of Proverbs and it's verse 23 and it says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. Now that is a very powerful verse and that says that we are to keep our heart, not somebody else keep our heart, but we are to keep our heart. Like how, how God told Adam, here's the garden. Now it's your responsibility. Now you keep it. And the word of God is saying to us, I've given you your heart. Now you keep it with all diligence because out of your heart is going to flow the issues of life. Life is going to flow out of your heart. Love is going to flow out of your heart. Peace is going to flow out of your heart. What a powerful place to be in that our heart would bring that, bring that kind of blessing to us and bring that kind of blessing to others. Well, 
your heart, of course, as we're talking about, is very important. And it's kind of like when our heart gets off, let's say that your heart gets off and it's offended. Well, it's like we have to kind of speak to our heart and say, mm, get over here. No, 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 heart, 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 don't you go over there. Don't you go over there. You come right back into the place of peace. And I want to talk to you about the power of offense that we need to guard our heart from. And it's a great beauty treatment because have you ever seen someone who's grumbling and angry and they got a frown on their face and they're blaming somebody else and they're planning, they're, they're rejoicing over the bad that's happening in their life. And it, it affects, it actually affects the muscles in your face. What's on the inside of us actually comes out on the outside of us. So these are real beauty treatments I'm talking about. And if you want to be more beautiful, we got to keep offense out of our heart. Now, I want to give myself as an example. You may have heard my testimony before, but many, many years ago, I got offended and it went on and on and on. And I got bitterness and resentment and uh, unforgiveness in my heart. I didn't know what I was telling you right now. I didn't even understand the power that was in unforgiveness or offense. In fact, I didn't even think that I was offended. Uh, I didn't even think I needed to forgive. I just thought that this other person needed to change. Well, as this offense went on in my life, it began to manifest as uh, symptoms in my body. And my hands became cold, painfully cold all the time. My feet painfully cold all the time. And my mind, it was like fear was a vice that was over my mind. And I woke up with fear. I went to bed with fear. I was having panic attacks. I mean, I was saying, Jesus, I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to be having panic, panic attacks. What is wrong with me? Why am I suffering like this? How has this happened? Have you ever asked those kind of questions? Jesus, why is this happening? I, 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 why am I suffering like this? And I was asking those questions. Well, I was seeking the Lord and his word and I wasn't going to let go of him even though the pressure was so great on my mind and on my body. I remember one particular night because I had a lot of sleepless nights. I was holding on to the sink and I was holding on to it and I said, God, I do not know what you want. I, I don't know what to do, but I'm not letting go of you. And friend, it was a short time after that that the Holy Spirit revealed to me what was in my heart. You know, we sometimes say, well, I've forgiven that person or I believe, but the Bible says we don't even know our own heart. It's the Holy Ghost that searches out the things that are in our heart. And then he reveals those things to our mind. 
That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And it's, it, it's verse 19 and 20. You can go and read it there. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals what's inside of our heart. Well, at that moment, the Holy Spirit on that day, he said, you are offended. You have unforgiveness and you need to forgive. I was like, wow, I need to forgive? But when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's so powerful that I said, yes, Lord, I will. I will release forgiveness to that person. And friend, I forgave that person. Now, I had had these symptoms in my body for almost two years. I had been suffering. And I went to bed that night, and I woke up the next morning, and I was completely healed. There was nothing wrong with my hands. There was nothing wrong with my feet. There was nothing wrong with my mind. My mind was completely filled with peace. Because how did that happen in my body? What opened the door to those terrible symptoms in my body? It was offense. It was unforgiveness. It was bitterness. And I just want to show you how powerful offense and bitterness is. And it's in uh, chapter 18, verse 19 of Proverbs. And it says, a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. A contentions are like the bars of a castle. When we decide that I have a right to be offended, it's that person who needs to change. I am the right one in this situation. And it's not my problem. It's their problem. And then you have these two people and they're on a standoff because one says, it's not my problem. I'm not offended. It's their problem. This one, and okay, let me show it to you like this. It's like in one house, you've got these people and they say, I'm not bitter. I'm not in strife. It's their problem. Then you have another household and they're saying about the people in this household, they say, it's not my problem. It's their problem. My heart is fine. I don't have any strife in my heart. They're the ones who need to change. Now, I'm asking you, do you see any unity, any harmony between these two families who say they have no problem with each other? That's not the truth. And if we don't recognize the truth... And we don't recognize that offense is so powerful. I just read it to you. I'll read it to you again. It says that a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. Huh. And contentions are like the bars of a castle. Have you ever tried to break into the bars of a castle? Or to overcome the strongholds of a city? It takes great strategy. It takes great power. Many times it takes bloodshed. And the Bible is saying an offended brother, he, the, that he's, it's harder to win him than it is to break through that castle. 
And friend, we've got to guard our heart against offense. The Bible's making it so clear in Proverbs chapter 4 that to guard your heart. I'll read it to you again. It says, verse 23, keep your heart. You're the keeper of your heart. You're the overseer of your own heart. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. And when we get offense or unforgiveness or blaming or fault finding in our heart about somebody else, it's like if you had a, a clear tube of which fresh water could flow through and you get offense and you get un, unforgiveness and bitterness and fault finding and criticism and you put it inside of that tube that had that clear water. What's it going to do? It's going to start corroding that water. It's going to may even stop the flow of that water flowing through that tube. Well, that tube is our heart. And the Bible says to keep it with all diligence. And I'm just saying to you, dear friend, as I speak to myself and I've spoken to myself many times that my heart is my responsibility. It's not somebody else's responsibility. I'm responsible for my actions and my attitudes. And the Bible says I'm to keep it with all diligence. And so to keep it, I've got to keep, keep, keep offense and unforgiveness out of my heart for my heart to really express its life and its beauty and believe me that beauty inside of your heart it does show up in your face another beauty treatment is to keep fear out of our life um, fear is, is horrible. There are people who are taken by fear that even have heart attacks. There are people who have fear that have ulcers in their bodies. There are people with fear that it fear is paralyzing them. Absolutely taking the life out of them and the beauty out of them. So how do we keep fear out of our life? Well, I want to show you in Luke chapter 8 that we have the story there of the rich young, um, he's, a, he's a ruler of the synagogue. And Jesus gets off of the boat and this uh, ruler, his name is Jairus, he, he comes up to Jesus and here he is, this rich, uh, influential ruler in the synagogue and he bows before Jesus and he's begging Jesus my daughter is sick please come and heal her and she's almost to the point of death Jesus can you, can you just hear him you've got to come Jesus please come I know you're my only hope 
So Jesus, he's walking and walking to Jairus's house and he's going to touch this little girl. And on the way to the house, a person comes up to this ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, and he says, don't bother the master anymore because your daughter is already dead. Jesus hears this news. And what does Jesus do? He doesn't say, oh, Jairus, I am so sorry. I know you told me it was your only daughter and she's 12 years old and you love her so. I'm so sorry. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus met this situation head on. And Jesus said to him, and it's in verse 50 of Luke chapter 8. And Jesus said to this fear-stricken, you can imagine, in shock, broken-hearted man, a ruler of the synagogue, but now death has touched his house. And now fear and grief is trying to crowd into his heart and overtake him. And Jesus says to him, Jairus, don't fear, only believe. That's quite a command from Jesus. But that was the answer to not fear and only believe. And he couldn't fear and believe at the same time. He had to not fear. Jesus said, don't fear, only believe. So what is this? This is a decision. Am I going to fear or am I going to believe? Well, as the story goes, Jesus went to uh, Jairus' house. He spoke to the body of that dead girl and he told her to rise and Jesus raised her from the dead. Jairus' decision to believe and not fear was very powerful. Well, let's go to the 2,000 two, years later. Uh, I know a story of a wonderful family. And uh, this young girl, she was about 12 years old. And she said to her mom, she had a great mom. She said to her mom, said, Mom, I'm not feeling very well. And then her daughter began to profusely be start sweating. And then she fainted. Well, of course, the mother was alarmed by all this. And she rushed the little girl to the hospital. And when she got to the hospital, the t doctor told her that she had cont con uh, contacted a rare disease and that 12 other children her age were in the hospital already and eight of them had already died from this disease with the same symptoms that this woman's daughter had. As you can imagine, fear was absolutely trying to grip my friend's heart, this precious mother that loved her daughter so much and thoughts coming to her mind. Is this the last day I'm ever going to see my daughter? 
I don't want to lose my daughter. My daughter's only 12 years old. I can't lose my daughter. And fear speaking and speaking and speaking to her heart. Well, my friend, this precious mother, she had a decision to make. It was exactly like the one that Jairus 2,000 years ago had to make. My friend, she understood that fear was trying to grip her and to steal her faith. And she understood that she had two options, either to fear or to believe. And my friend, this precious mother, she said out loud, she said, fear, get out of here right now. And she said, you have to leave me and you have no authority over me in the name of Jesus. She spoke to that fear with authority. Out of the power of the Holy Ghost inside of her own heart, she used her mouth to say, fear no more. Well, when she rebuked the fear, the fear left. Fear cannot stand when we take authority in the name of Jesus. And she took authority. Well, what happened? In three days, her daughter was released from that hospital completely healed. You see, fear had the power to crush this mother and get her into a state of unbelief where she didn't have the faith to believe and proclaim healing for her daughter. Fear was trying to steal from her the faith that was inside of her heart. And for her to use that faith, she had to rebuke that fear and start using her faith. And when she started standing up and using her faith, that sickness and disease had to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. The Bible says we overcome by our faith. Friend, we can't just stand by and say, oh, this is terrible news. Get all fearful and all worried. We've got to stand up and say, look, I am the guard of my own heart. I'm keeping my heart with all diligence and fear. You get out of here and you get off of me in Jesus name. Oh, I hope I'm encouraging you because I'm encouraging myself. That little girl went home, as I told you, in three days, completely healed. I've already said to you that I've had to stand against fear myself. I have quoted out of my mouth, I don't know how many times, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 that says, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. If you're wanting to keep your heart with all diligence and take responsibility for your heart, and fear is trying to come, you must speak to it in the name of Jesus. Use the word of God. I use this word like it was a sword. I'd use it this way. I'd use it that way. I'd use it this day. I'd use it that day. 
because it was the truth. God has not given me the spirit of fear. God's not given you the spirit of fear. What has he given you? He's given you the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Oh, friend, we need to take a hold of what is true and the weapons what God has given us. He's given us power, love, and a sound mind. Not the spirit of fear. We can overcome. This is a beauty treatment, if you want to call it that. To keep your heart with all diligence. And to say, fear, you don't have a place here. Offense, you don't have a place here. I'm keeping my heart with all diligence because out of my heart is flowing the issues of life and love and power and peace and joy and it's my heart and I take authority in Jesus name well it's been my privilege to be with you today father God we just come before you right now and I just agree with my friend that's listening and we come against offense and uh, that's trying to touch our heart. We pull it down right now in the name of Jesus. We say that my heart is not a place for offense. We come against a spirit of fear. We say fear. We take authority over you. Our heart is not the place for fear. And you get out in the name of Jesus. My heart is the place for love and peace, and soundness of mind, and power in the Holy Ghost. And I am a keeper of my own heart, in Jesus' name. Well, I love you, friend. I've enjoyed being with you. Watch this again if you need to. Keep renewing your mind to the truth. And I'll see you next time. Women are powerful and very influential, but what kind of power and influence they have depends on what has happened inside their hearts. The Bible tells us of women like Jezebel, a woman who had no touch of God in her heart and used her influence to destroy her husband, her sons, and her nation. But the Bible also gives examples of women who were supportive, godly, helpful, and delivering. In this amazing 10-part series, 10 Powerful Women with Rick and Denise Renner, you will learn about an unnamed woman who changed history, a woman God radically changed, a woman who saved her nation, a woman who was delivered of demons by Jesus, a woman who gave her living room to Jesus, a woman preacher in the New Testament. Whether you are a man or a woman, this powerful series will help you embrace who God wants you to be and is available in digital or physical format starting at just $20. In addition, we are also offering you the book, All the Women of the Bible. The world needs men and women to embrace their God-given destiny and to make a difference in the lives of those around them. This book is filled with examples of 400 named and unnamed women of the Bible, and it is amazing. We know it will be a blessing to you. This insightful book by Herbert Lockyer can be yours for just $19. Don't miss this special offer, this series, 10 Powerful Women, and the book, All the Women of the Bible. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
This program was made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries.